Welcome to the Lorecast, where we look into the lore and the stories by which we live. I'm Dr. Craig Chalkwist, and you can find us at chalkwist.com slash podcast and at a number of other online venues. I'm going to give you a progress report on my attempts to publish my first novel. And uh, as part of that, I want to make a larger point. And to do that, I want to start with something that Ursula K. Le Guin said when she accepted the National Book Award in New York in 2014. She used the opportunity after expressing gratitude to everybody involved in the award to criticize the publishing industry. And um, she went to that after saying, quote, hard times are coming when we'll be wanting the voices of writers who can see alternatives to how we live now. And she also pointed out that we need, quote, writers who know the difference between production of a market commodity and the practice of an art. Developing written material to suit sales strategies in order to maximize corporate profit and advertising revenue is not the same thing as responsible book publishing or authorship. And then she also said, quote, books aren't just commodities. The profit motive is often in conflict with the aims of art. We live in capitalism. Its power seems inescapable, but then so did the divine right of kings. Any human power can be resisted and changed by human beings. Resistance and change often begin in art. Now, there's a distinction that I've made a few times um, in public presentations, and um, it has to do with the fact that I continue to believe that there are some forms of capitalism and enterprise that benefit and help people as well as the planet, and then other forms that are malignant. And it's a distinction that I think is uh, important to make. So the malignant kind I refer to as male fist capitalism because it harms everything that it touches, as opposed to the other kind. So there are authors, and I know some of them, who write fiction, who can exist within the system even when it's at its male fist worst. And there's others who can't because they're, you know, because of their principles or whatever it is going on with them. So um I've been trying to work with that system in terms of publishing my first novel and the, one of the things I initially realized and I've mentioned this before is that all my training over my entire career has been in writing nonfiction, where you explain things to people. So I've just spent about a year and a half getting trained in writing fiction, drawing on the part of me that's a storyteller to help me through. It's a very different kind of writing, and I've belonged to writers' circles and societies. I've gotten lots of critical feedback on my own writing. And when I it came to the point where I felt like I was acquiring a fictional voice, which is good. I started sending out pieces for publication in uh, different magazines. And so uh, I just got some feedback um, this last week. I entered a writing contest and um, that focuses on environmentally aware fiction. And... Um, they didn't accept my piece, but they sent me a couple of emails and they said, this is really good. And 
uh, this this is came within the final round of choices, and, and then in the end we went with somebody else, you know. But and so that was encouraging. So um, with this feedback that I actually may know what I'm doing as a fiction writer, um, I went ahead and wrote my novel. It's ninety one thousand words, and um, it's called Soul Map. So the word soul and then M A P. And I took a course, uh, I paid to take a course in how to approach agents because I didn't want to just go to small publishers and um, that's what I've done in the past. I've published, I think at this point, 21 books and uh, several of those were technically self-published or uh, published through World Soul Books, which is my publishing outfit. And then the rest were commercially published. So this past year, I've published three books, two of which I wrote and one of which I co-edited with Garrett Barnwell, who did most of the work. Um, that, that book's called Terra Psychology. <clears throat> and um, so all three of those books were published by Routledge, the largest social science publisher on the planet. And uh, I figure that gives me decent credentials as a writer, even though I haven't published a lot of fiction. I mean, what my publication history shows is that I know what I'm doing as a writer and I work amicably with editors, which are important considerations for, let's say, a fiction publisher who's going to pick up your book. Um, my colleague Susan Rowland is publishing a series of alchemically-based detective stories, and she decided to go with a smaller publisher. I'm, I may do that down the road, but uh, I wanted to go with someone at least modest, moderate size. So I went through all the practice and learning about how to write queries to uh, agents, how to you know say what they want to hear and all that stuff, right? And one of the things I found, and I had heard this, but now I have direct experience of it, is how tightly all your work gets squeezed into very exacting, precise, and rigid formula. And there's bunches of people, including writing teachers and consultants, who will tell you, you have to have conflict in your story. There should be violence in it. There should be this. There should be that. It needs to go through the, a hero's journey and so on, right? Most of which, by the way, Ursula K. Le Guin, best-selling author, disagreed with. So after all that preparation, I uh, sent queries to about 30 agents in the areas where my book lives it's it's science fiction it's near future um so the action takes place around around 2050 2060 something like that it it actually is a quest for self-knowledge on the part of i'm not going to say hero because he's an anti-hero in some ways but my protagonist um wakes up in san diego underneath the statue of juan cabrillo <laughs> in Point Loma and says, who am I? His memory's been wiped. So a lot of it is him traveling up El Camino Real in California to figure out who he is and who did this to him. And there's a lot of plot twists and surprises, and um, they even surprise me. Um, there's things that I didn't set out to write that popped in, which is a good thing. And uh, I've spent some time doing active imagination with the protagonist, so he's increasingly real to me, even showing up in my dreams. And he's made suggestions that I thought about him and went, oh, I never would have, that never would have occurred to my conscious mind. That's brilliant. And so then I build those in. 
So it has delighted me when my test readers came back to me with good feedback, critical feedback. And one of the things they all said was, here's some things I never saw coming. Yay. So in some ways, my novel conforms to the formula, the heroic formula. And in many ways, it also criticizes it. Because the last thing my protagonist wants is to be a hero. And that's a central struggle for him. He keeps getting pushed into it and he doesn't want to do it. And meanwhile, the people all around him are subjected to increasingly extreme climate change, um, but also implementing solutions. It's a hopeful book. I don't like dystopian science fiction anymore. I loved it in college, but it's not for me anymore. I've changed and the times have changed, so I write hopeful stuff. And this novel's part of my assembling Terrania cycle. Um, Terrania being my name for a, a grown-from-the-ground-up just, equitable, delightful, advanced civilization waiting for us up in the future. Not utopia, but a good society. And my protagonist plays a part in helping bring that about. By the time he ends up uh, at the end of his journey, he has learned a lot about himself. And uh, some of it hard some some of the learnings were hard and i i didn't spare him um you shouldn't that's that's another part of the formula um which i actually agree with if you're going to have a protagonist learn difficult things you really got to put him to it <laughs> and um, in these active imaginations when i i go out for a walk and i talk to him i've often heard him say what you're gonna put me through that are you out of your mind and i'm i re respond by saying well but look what's going to come of it. And then he reluctantly agrees. But uh, several times he's got after me. You know, you're just really hard on me. And I'm like, yeah, you're my protagonist. I am hard on you. Steel needs forging, right? So um, I've heard back from probably half the agents that I contacted and um, rejecting the book. And the, the notes are always polite. They always say, um, this is highly subjective, whether we accept a novel or not. Yours doesn't really fit where we're going, and so on, right? So at this point, I'm thinking that I'm going to do a Kickstarter campaign and publish it as an indie, uh, an independent publication, and do it that way. And uh, I already have an idea for the sequel novel, so um, I've started to make notes for that. And there's another character who's been popping in. But part of the reason, aside from giving you an update on my novel, part of the reason I'm bringing this up, especially in terms of the theme of this podcast, is that we have a story operative um, in the highly restricted world of fictional publishing, where even writers like me who have an extensive background can't seem to get published commercially by a decent-sized publisher. Some do, some don't. And... Um, this story is so restrictive that it, it's probably killing uh, any chance I have of getting published commercially because I refuse to stick to the script. There are things I regard as necessary for good drama, so um, not always violence and conflict, although both appear in my novel. Um, it's not gory, but there's some in it, and that was part of the st what the story and the characters seem to require, and that's why it's in there. Uh, but not tons of it. And uh, again, I'm being guided by Ursula Le Guin saying, you don't always have to have conflict. Um, that's kind of an American way of looking at life, but you do have to have tension. And so there's plenty of tension in my novel. 
but I've been fascinated by how rigid this formula really has gotten. Um, I think Joseph Campbell, who's part of the formula in terms of the hero's journey, I think he would have been appalled. And um, it's also interesting to me, too, what a lack of history is involved here among the people who evaluate our work. And, uh, you know, I should mention, too, that they, they, they themselves are massively overworked, especially with AI just inundating them with plagiarized writing. And they've got to figure out how to sort through all that. So now even the agents have agents and assistants and everything else. So they're just increasingly hard to reach. Um, Mail fist capitalism, right? Um, focus on money, don't have enough staff. You know, <laughs> We see that everywhere. But they, um, they seem not to realize collectively, um, and I'm sure it's different from agent to agent, but the sense that I'm getting as someone trying to publish fiction is that they don't recognize that it's the people who deviate from the formulas who end up with the best literature. And I wouldn't compare myself to somebody who's a truly great author, but I would point out that those of us who do deviate often get vindicated down the road. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised several years from now if there was um, at the top of the popularity list a whole bunch of uh, post-heroic books. And, and then that, that's what the agents will force everybody into, right? The agents and the publishers both, because the agents do what the publishers want. And the overarching goal for all of this is money. And they're very upfront about it. All the people who taught me to write queries to um, agents and publishing houses all say the same thing. It's only about money. That's all they care about. And they're not complaining. They're just saying that's how it is, right? So at this point... Um, there's a couple of steps I could take. I mentioned one of them already, or actually both of them already, either going indie and being an independent author, or I could go to a small publisher and probably get it published that way. Um, the problem with a small publisher is actually the same problem as with a large nonfiction publisher when you don't use an agent, um, which is if you're going to make a living this way, forget it. And uh, increasingly, I'm interested in alternative forms of uh, income and revenue. So um, that has to be a consideration. It's not certainly the only one. I don't write for money. I don't even write mainly for uh, making a living. Um, I write because I have to write. I write because I feel compelled to write. But as Le Guin points out, we do live in capitalism. Um, that is a factor. We do need to get paid for our work, however denigrated it is by the society we live in. And so um you know, I mentioned Routledge earlier, so um, I don't even get 10% uh, on those books, 10% of cover. I could sell them 20 books and it wouldn't really improve me that much. Um, I've I've sold 21 books and um, it doesn't really, it's, it's a little bit of extra money and that's all it really amounts to, um, which is one of the reasons I wanted to go to at least a moderate-sized publishing house because they pay better. The other advantage to indie books is that you keep everything. You you still have the copyright even when you go with a commercial publisher, but the thing is uh, they own the material itself. It's kind of confusing. So what that amounts to is um, if I want to, let's say, um, uh, let's say take a few pages of something that I've written and put it on the Internet, I legally can't do that. Um, my publisher could sue me for that. 
publishers. So, um, but if it's indie, I can do whatever I want with the material because it's really mine. So my first collection of stories, Tales of Terrania Rising, is available at my website. If you go to chalkwist.com slash fiction, you can download a copy of it. Um, I'll probably go through it pretty soon and um, just tighten it up a bit. But it's my first story collection. I, I like it. It's hopeful. Um, and that's the universe that my novel is set in. So I'll let you know when I actually publish uh, the, this first novel. I'm working on a second one already. I already know the title of it and um, the main character, which is good. But uh, the premise I'm moving forward with as the rejections from agents continue to come in is that uh, I've gotten enough feedback to know that my fiction writing is worth something and people like reading it. Um, it can stand improvement. I'm always open to feedback. I'm still learning this craft. But I believe in myself as a writer. and Because uh, why not? <laughs> right? What's the alternative? And um, I'm going to keep writing this stuff. I like writing it. Um, maybe someday people will really like it. and Maybe they won't. But I like it. And uh, given that, I think it's important in this particular situation to be able to tell myself I've tried to work in the system the way it's now set up. I find it impossible to move forward in. It's too cumbersome. It's too loveless. It's too um, stuck to formulas and regulations and rules. So I'm going to trust myself to leap beyond the system unless, you know, tomorrow an agent shows up and says, oh, this is great, let's sell it to Random House, in which case I'll have that whole set of frustrations to deal with, and I will report back on that. But what it's looking like at this point is that I'm going to go indie and see how that shows up and how I like it. And one way or another, you're going to get my stories to read, and I think that's the important thing. You've already got a whole free collection of them, 30 stories, and... Um, Beyond that, there will be at least two more novels, and I invite people to write within this universe, which is another advantage of indie writing. <clears throat> um, when you use characters from other authors, universes, uh, fictional worlds, they're copy they're not only copywritten, but you can't you just can't use them. So I've had to be careful with that because I like continuing other people's stories, but. Um, you know, with mine, the sky's the limit. So unless this novel gets published by uh, some publishing, commercial publishing house, then uh, I invite you to um, come into the universe and look at the characters and make some uh, creative adjustments to it in additions. And if Terrain is the goal, and if you like it, let's all work toward it. Let's all tell stories about it and bring in all kinds of mythology from all over the world, because myth is part of this too. Joseph Campbell said, we are the myth creators now, those of us who write and dance and perform and make music and do other things. So let's get busy and leave the world better than we found it. Thank you. <laughs>